Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Years ago, as a college student at the University of Milwaukee right down the street, I had the privilege to occasionally hang out in the student union and set up a table with information about our parish here and talk about the Lutheran faith with others. But with all those folks visiting, it's also important, of course, to listen to. So, of course, you want to know things like, did you have a church growing up? What's your background? And where are you from? And what do you believe? You have enough conversations there, and you'll see a strong theme emerge from those whom you talk to, And you've probably heard it too. I'm spiritual, but not religious. That's what they'll say. But you really can't roll your eyes with them, nor should you. Spiritual, but not religious, it's it's not all that bad. And praise be to God that they are at least seeking someone or something, and that's good. The sort of seeking and this spiritual path and journey was also undertaken by St. Augustine. And you sure can't roll your eyes at that guy, maybe the greatest mind who ever lived. But like so many others, he too wasn't eager to just latch on to his mother's folksy old-time Christian religion. And if you had asked him what he believed though his response would have been a little more artful than the average college undergrad, it would probably be essentially the same. Spiritual, but not religious. But someday, for him, after much seeking God, ultimately, God sought him. And a child's voice called out to him, urging him to take up and read. And read what, exactly? Well, the sacred scriptures, God's word, the Bible. And it was the scriptures, ultimately, and the pastor as well, that brought him to whom he had sought all along, within the love of the Holy Trinity, for which he was baptized by St. Ambrose in the year 397. St. Augustine, he writes about his spiritual journey in a beautiful little book called The Confessions. And within that beautiful little book is probably the most beautiful little sentence ever constructed when he writes, O Lord, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. So think again about all those undergraduates, spiritual, but not religious, but seeking. Think about even your own sisters and your brothers who have maybe strayed, your neighbors even, not having a church home, but seeking in one way or another, maybe spiritual, but not religious. And that's okay in a way. 
This is really, for me, something of a backdrop to think about as you consider the journey of the wise men in tonight's gospel. Because the thing is, they probably represent the very best of the spiritual traditions of every age. But you couldn't roll your eyes at those guys either, because they're highly intelligent. They're scholars of the highest order, and you've got to give them some credit. They sought the will of God fervently in the stars and through wisdom. And so they sought the very child that made those stars. But what's worth noting tonight, and what I want you to think about, is that that miraculous star, that spiritual experience, could only bring them so far. Martin Luther, when he preached to his congregation, he made a real big fuss about this stuff. This was crucial for him. Perceptively, Luther noted that the star didn't actually get the job done. It announced that the Savior King was born, and it seems that the miraculous star even got them going at least in the right direction, but it sure didn't get them to where the child actually lay. The wise men, they even went to the logical place, the spiritual place even, Jerusalem, where you might expect them to be. But you see, that only got them so far. It's worth noting that it's only after King Herod pulled together all those priests and scribes that they got their answer. And it came from the Word of God. Micah, the prophet, written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's that word that directed them to Bethlehem. That's where the Christ was to be born. So the wise men, they followed that bright light of God's word to that little city. And they found him right there, right where God's word pointed. Before the young Jesus, the savior of the world, they knelt down before him. They opened up their treasures to him. And they returned to their own country with the eternal treasure of the saving knowledge of knowing God in the flesh. And that changes everything. Like that miraculous star seen by the wise men, Peter, too, had a mountaintop experience. St. Peter, he even saw a jaw-dropping vision of the glorified Christ on, Mount Trans- on the Mount of Transfiguration. But Peter went on to say, Hey, guys, think about it. We've got something far better than what I even saw. We've got God's word to which you do well to pay attention. Until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So what are we driving at here? Well, what we can see here is that spirituality just isn't enough. Visions and stars and even miracles too are great. But St. Peter, who saw it all, he saw everything. 
He preferred the word of God over it all. So that true Christian spirituality gives way to something far greater, far higher and deeper, God's revelatory word found in the sacred scriptures. It's what called that spiritual seeker named Augustine to saving faith in the gospel. It's what Isaiah spoke of in our first reading tonight. The creative word of God which calls sinners out of darkness into the light of God's salvation and calls them home. The apostle in our epistle records that this is the mystery hidden for ages in God that the salvation revealed in Christ is for all nations, for all peoples of every tribe and language without exception. And that the word of God goes out to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Again, we see in our gospel tonight that God did not lead the Gentiles to his dear son by miracles, by stars, by angels, or by some other extraordinary heavenly appearance. It's the word of God that did everything. The word of God brought them to Jesus and where he lay. Therefore, let us again learn from the wise men and be led throughout all of our lives only by the bright, shining star of God's own word to where Christ promises to be found, where he promises to be in his preaching and in his word and with the pastors standing over above where Christ lies, hidden under bread and wine. Adore him. Worship him and fall down before him. Offer him all of your gifts, but more importantly, receive his gifts, his warm embrace, his welcome, his forgiveness, and his love. Because here is the light that shines more brightly than that miraculous star, the light of divine love shining from the face of Mary's Son. Now that's true Christian spirituality, and it's true religion, too. O Lord, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless unless they rest in thee. Finally, something very quick here. Matthew tells us tonight that those wise men, after worshiping Christ, departed and came home by another way. We should learn from this, and we should never come home the same way either. But transformed by God's presence, renewed by his love, and ready to bring the revelation of Christ to everyone we meet. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.